The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All righty, so as we keep you updated on what is uh, happening with these blockades, want to uh, catch up with Global Edmonton reporter Fletcher Cantu is at the scene, has been there for the better part of the day. Hey, Fletcher, thanks for taking the time. Hey, Jaylen, not a problem. Okay, so give us an idea. Paint a picture of what you're seeing and you're hearing right now. Well, right now, uh, honestly, out of all of the possible scenarios that you might have thought could have happened when you first heard about the blockades that are happening here, this is not exactly one I would have thought would have happened, but it appears that the blockades are almost pretty much done. A number of the protesters are now walking away, uh, packing up, getting ready to leave. I mean, I can't say for sure if all of them are going to leave, but most of them look like they're going to. And the reason the reason for them getting up and leaving, uh, counter-protesters. The counter-protesters came in. Uh, some of the, One of the guys just said he was fed up. Not see, he, In his words, uh, the government wasn't doing anything. Uh, other, the police weren't doing anything, so he was going to do something. So one guy on his own started hauling away burning barrels and met a little bit of resistance and then hauled away one, then came back and took a, took a piece of lumber. A few other people got involved. Another guy backed up a truck uh, with a large trailer on the back and then their words again, uh, we just want to haul away all this garbage that's on the tracks. One by one by one, uh, they kind of got past the people that uh, the protesters who were making a ring around the uh, the encampment here and hauled away all of the wood, hauled away the lumber that they were burning, hauled away some burning barrels, everything that was there, and then they drove off. And uh, the protesters are pretty much sort of packing up right now, saying that they're disappointed in it at all, but it looks like the counter-protesters came in and hauled away the barricade. So the protesters who've been there since 4 o'clock this morning uh, get, you know, get pushed out of the way by a group of people coming in and do it on their own, and they're just, they're, they're up and leaving? Have you, have you talked to any of them? They're just saying that, okay, yeah. we're done, we're out? Uh, the one guy that I was talking to, pretty much, um, they were saying, we got to see what's going to happen. I said, are you just, I mean, I, I was asked, well, I mean, it's just the wood, right? Are you going to stay here? Is the blockade going to continue uh, on, on the tracks? Are you, you going to stay here? We'll have to see. Uh, but they, they, he was saying that they're a little disappointed. Uh, they weren't surprised by this kind of a reaction, but uh, disappointed that it happened. He figured it would last a little bit longer than a day. Uh, but the way he was talking was it wasn't going to last very much longer. He did want to talk to some of his colleagues to see what was going to happen, but uh, it didn't seem too hopeful that it was going to last. Oh. And what I'm seeing watching is the protesters. They're packing up right now. They're putting things into cars. A few of them have left already. So certainly if some of them stay, uh, not many of them are going to. It's a much, much smaller group of people that remain here right now. Well, that's interesting because I was wondering what was going to happen. We saw a tweet from the uh, United We Roll uh, people uh, earlier today saying that they were coming in to counter protest today as well. And that would have happened probably after four o'clock this afternoon. So I was wondering what that was going to look like. I wonder if that played a part in any of this as well. Well, the counter protesters who were here when asked about whether they... Uh, any kind of associations with Yellow Vesters or United We Roll or anybody else along those lines. Uh, none, they said, no, we're just, one guy says he just works up the street. Uh, another guy, actually a couple of them said that they just work in the area. One guy, the one that was sort of the uh, impetus to all of this, says he works in the oil and gas industry. Uh, he saw that this was happening when he woke up at 7 o'clock this morning. He was just too upset, so he decided he was just going to come down here and do that. So, I mean, these were, according to them, there's five or six different people that uh, 
spent that just decided they wanted to come down here and see what was going on, didn't know each other from before, and just sort of decided, hey, we're going to do this. Uh, now, that said, throughout the day, there was a lot of people that were coming in uh, just upset, coming in and uh-huh. screaming at the protesters and just sort of voicing their, uh, really, their anger throughout it all as well. So we saw people cut, roll in and then leave and come in and leave throughout the day. But it was sort of mid-afternoon when the, the, the one person just said, no, I'm going to do it myself. That kind of caught on. Yeah. And it was obviously, you know, I mean, from from the media's perspective, watching this is like, okay, is this going to escalate? Is this, uh, yeah. is this going to become violent? Uh, the protesters, they linked arms, they wrapped themselves around there, but they didn't, uh, they didn't start, there wasn't any fights. And they, they sort of almost at some point just sort of let them go by and started letting them grab all that stuff. So, so it, was, it, was, it was strange to watch. Any interaction between police and the protesters and police and the counter-protesters? No, none. Uh, police are here. See, uh, the CN police are here. Edmonton police are here. Saw some Edmonton police officers with some cameras that were watching all of this. Uh, the only time I've seen uh, the police come anywhere close to the protesters or the counter-protesters, another strange sort of situation, what appeared to be the injunction that was being handed off, but it doesn't appear that it is. I mean, I believe that's still being heard in court. So Nothing's happened there. But somebody was being served potentially, possibly with a lawsuit uh, if, if, the, if these documents were legitimate. But that's the only time that we've seen CN police uh, get anywhere near anybody at all is when those documents were being Yeah, served. and what were those documents? Seemed to be a bit of confusion about that because the, the hearing is still underway. I think it got, it was supposed to start at 1, it, it got underway at 2. What was all that? Uh, there is some confusion still. I think some confusion remains about what those are, but I think if the if the hearing is still, I mean, last I heard it was supposed to start at about 2.15, so the one thing we can say is it is not the uh, injun- an yeah. injunction uh, because that hasn't been heard yet. Uh, but uh, it appear- from what I've seen, what I think it probably is, it looks it, it appears to be a lawsuit uh, filed by CN against the protesters. It appears to be. I, I but I haven't been able to go through and uh, independently verify that this is in fact a lawsuit. The, the, per- okay. the person who claimed he was a, a process server that dropped them off. I mean, I could. I, that's what he said. He was a process server, but I, I can't say for sure. So, okay, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. That's so. Uh, yeah, we're still. Uh, can't say for sure what it is, but it appears to be a loss. Okay. Before I let you go here, because we only have about forty seconds left, did any of these protesters say that they had planned on coming back? Maybe later. They haven't tomorrow? said that yet. No. They haven't said that yet, but I, certainly that is going to be a question, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if not here somewhere. I mean, this seems to be one of those issues that keeps coming up and it's we're seeing it in all parts of the country and uh, this isn't going to be the only controversial resource project that's coming up no. so uh, if not here i wouldn't be surprised to see it elsewhere uh, fletcher kent thanks for this appreciate it uh, was not what i was expecting that you were going to tell us this afternoon at all me neither so, yeah <laughs> all right we'll keep watching thank you so much fletcher appreciate it my pleasure yeah global edmonton's fletcher kent so he's telling us that in the last uh, short little while that a lot of that protest out in the atchison area has dissipated thanks to counter-protesters who showed up and started tearing it apart and tearing it down and then the people that have been out there since four uh, majority it appears Fletcher says is are, are packing up are packing up and leaving now we don't know if a couple of them are going to stick around what that looks like but we'll keep you updated right here on 630 Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime history and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. 
Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.